0: Hey, welcome to Make It or Break It, number five. I am one of your hosts, Matt Favre. I am joined by... Attila, Gabriel Brzezinski. That's right. We're talking about Attila's game design doc. You get to take a peek into the crazy mind of a game inventor. Game ideas that haven't been created yet. And we judge right here. Are they worth creating or not?
1: Right. So... um Continuing in alphabetical order, we're now into E. Mm. So, uh, how about we start things off with a little game called End of Friendships. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so, it's a Risk-style game where the game ends when there are only two players left. The winner is whoever has more units. Players actively make deals and betray each other in a bid to try and be the last two players remaining, but they continue to try to make sure they have more units than the other remaining player. This means players could end up attacking the ones they've made deals with to try and end up with more units on the board, and players can make whatever kind of deals they feel like they want to, including the ability to lend units to each other. Okay, so, you're trying to
0: get more units. By the way, End of Friendships, that should be the subtitle on basically every board game.
1: Pretty much. I mean, like, there was a game that, uh, Diplomacy, Mm -hmm. that was also, like, very well known for being a ruiner of friendships.
0: Ah, so ironic. All right, so you're trying to get more units than the other players, and yeah. you're doing this by brokering deals, say, like Monopoly or Settlers of Catan style, and it's kind of like by any means necessary?
1: Encourage yeah, the backstab? Mean, I, whenever I have a sort of bare-bones uh, design doc like this, I feel like the inspiration is always taken from the base game, which in this case would be Risk. Um, okay. Have you played much risk um you know
0: as far as i understand you put your units the decision is where you know which areas to protect and then you send in your units to attack other people's units and you roll the dice and you have a better chance if you have more units in them to win
1: that, yes that yes um because <clears throat> i was given a computer game version of the board game which is great because risk is reasonably fun to play but it's a lot of setup time yes and a lot of tidy up time as well trying to put all the little plastic pieces back in the right tins so being able to play a computer game version where you don't have to think about any of that and you don't even uh in some cases you can just automate the dice rolls so you don't even have to do that part of it Mm. um i feel like a lot of these games were sort of designed for the era where what are we doing this weekend playing a game of risk
0: yeah that's right like it's
1: it's one game is meant to take this incredibly long amount of time you're going to like leave and come back to it whereas like I, I i feel like nowadays we're operating more from the pace of like a board game should take between half an hour and an hour at most
0: mm-hmm. yeah i would kind of think of like two hours but then when i think of some of the best ones a good game of you know with people who know what they're doing you can play settlers of Catan in about 40 minutes
1: Yeah. Exactly. So, that that's where I sort of... Uh, I feel like Risk is definitely a fun game that has the unfortunate flaw of always being played on the same world map. Yeah. Just because you get these, like, cultural observations of, like, people realize, like, oh, hey, you know, it's kind of a dominant strategy to just put your guys on Papua New Guinea and capture australasia for bonus two units through the entire game so i feel like even though i didn't write it in on this game design doc um having a version a game that's like risk except maybe more like settlers of Catan, you get to design your own world map Mm -hmm. and therefore influence the 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 shape of the world and make it so that um you're not just playing the same game every time all right. So it's
0: like risk in a way, but you want to do it. Uh, you want to, you want to mitigate the, uh, remove the problems of risk. So you're trying to keep it more like procedurally generated.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just because, uh, like I, I play risk with my friends reasonably often if it's like a birthday party or just to get together. And there's this, a lot of the time the game will just play out the same way because you know i'll I'll spoil it right now because i've played against the computer like hundreds of times um best way to win a game of risk is yeah capture australasia if you can because you get a bonus two units capture south america because that gives you also two units and it's very easy to defend from only two points from there sweep over to africa because you get three units and it's reasonably easy to defend then capture north america because you get five extra units then you take Europe and then Asia. Like that's how you beat risk. Mm-hmm. Or at least that is the strategy that has worked for me 9 times out of 10. The uh the other main thing in risk is that every time you defeat an opponent and capture one of their territories, every turn where you successfully capture a territory, you are awarded with a card and you can cash those cards in for bonus troops. Um, you can hold up to five cards at which point you're forced to turn them in for bonus troops. If you can defeat a player who has four cards, you get their cards and at that point are then forced to cash them in if you had at least one card that you're already holding on to mm-hmm. so a really great strategy in the game is especially if there's like six people playing, wait till you're at that sort of critical tipping point where a lot of people have either three or four cards each then blitzkrieg take out a player with four cards get their cards turn them in put more troops on the map take out another player and like you will go from six people in a game to clearing the entire board in one game like that that's how much risk i've played is that i have these like super high level strategies and i feel like it's all very based on the structure of the map and having these cards uh sorry to tangent into like risk strategy for so long but it's part of what um my experiences of playing risk are what makes uh is what inspires this end of friendships game it's why i say the game ends when there's two players left um first of all because i hate board games where you know you can imagine like three or four people sit down to play this game yeah. and then everyone's just kind of sitting around waiting. It's like, okay, well, whenever you're done I'm going to go read a book you know. Quite the part. Or I'm going to go play on my own phone. It's, just, yeah. it's it's not fun anymore when there's a minimum number of people still competing in the game. So I said, Luskatan is great because one person just wins everyone's, like that and everyone loses at the same time. Exactly. Right? Everyone's still in it for a really long time. I remember like, the some of my least favorite games are the ones where somebody gets knocked out and then they just have to sit out the rest of the time. Um, Too there's much like a real game. Life. <laughs> uh, there's a game I think called like King of Tokyo that was like that, where like oh I, I watched um, some people play it on the internet. And it seemed like fun, and then I was all excited to try it out, and I got to play it at um, Gamma Space and with other actual people. And then I died within like the first round because I hadn't yet come to grips with how the game worked exactly. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I was just out of the game. It's like, oh, okay. I guess. All right, bye. I'm done. So,
0: like, you know, go this get is some food.
1: Whoever's <laughs> knocked out first has got to go get the pizza. That's the thing. Like in a game like this, I in a game like Risk, I feel like it's difficult to avoid um, a situation in which you. Uh, like, don't knock out players completely. Uh-huh. So I'd almost say, like, I'd try to tailor this game so that it's made for three players, and then immediately one person gets knocked out completely. They're the loser. And then of the two people who remain, whoever has more units at that point is the person who is declared the winner. So that way the game just ends immediately and you're not just spending a bunch of time waiting for... Okay.
0: All right, so that's that's the end state, and we're talking about building a better risk. Uh, So far, all I know about this game is it's like a get more units. It's kind of based on risk. Is like is this sort of kind of a a very very young idea you have that you're thinking of? How can we expand it? Or or is there more detail that you
1: can that you have on this of like what is the actual turn by turn gameplay? it's all the detail i have written down i think it's it's definitely a lot of these game design ideas are going to be like super bare bones like that yeah and i feel like it's down to the individual preferences of the designer as to how they want to flesh it out in Mm, this case like just now in this podcast i've sort of come to the decision like yeah probably three players so that you have this feeling like if this is a board game three players yeah um if uh i don't know Risk games like Risk I feel are far more suited to being computer games than most uh most others just because there's so much any game where you have like a bunch of like in Monopoly like paper bills and things to keep track of and currency exchanges and all that it just works so much better on computer um the only thing is uh like Monopoly works especially well because there's no hidden information in that game yeah in Risk, it is technically supposed to be hidden information as to whether or not those cards you're holding cash in the whether or not you have three of a kind or one of each that allows you to cash in for the bonus troops. So, what do they do? They say, "Oh, make sure no one's looking. Here's right. your card." Right, right. Eh, doesn't work super well. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that's the, the inherent strength of board games. And we talked about this before is that you can have hidden information or, you know, a game that you each play on your own iPhone or 3ds or what have you, mm-hmm. uh, any game where you can keep information from other players. Yeah. Um, that isn't just represented on one common screen, but then the sort of upside of a, a, party game that you play on a computer, which is sort of the direction that I'd be taking this is that, aside from the fact that it's called end of friendships right um but that you try to avoid making mechanics based on hidden information the only hidden information is in your own head of yeah i said i was gonna be friends with this guy but i'm actually gonna like try and take out some of his troops like oh you don't need this territory right i can i can take that right and then i'll give you this territory and you're sort of making those kind of concessions of like I don't know, I'll, I'll just kill just one of you guys down here, and you can kill these guys over here that I don't care about. I don't know, It, it um, it's definitely super bare bones, but I feel like, yeah, again, as I, said, as I said before, however you want to flesh this out, whatever direction you want it to take, just the sort of core premise of the game ends when there's two players left. Mm-hmm. And then, sort of structuring things around that, like how do you create an interesting or compelling experience? Yeah, and it's it
0: is interesting when you think about the the medium of the game and whatever platform you put on it is really going to influence it. Like if it is a, if everyone's sharing the same screen,
1: mm-hmm. then
0: you can't have the hidden information. But if everyone is yeah. using a smartphone. Then everyone can see the shared information, plus they can also have their own private information, which when I think of, like, well, one of the best moments I had in settlers Catan when it came to bartering with people? It's definitely, yeah. I'm going to trade you so much of this one resource for that. And they go, what a great deal. And they go, Monopoly card. And you take all of that one resource right back. Yeah. And you know how much they have. You know, things like that are really fun um, but would require separate screens or uh, they require hidden information. So
1: Absolutely, but like I, on cards or something. But, you
0: know, something that is, uh, that anything that includes bartering, I think is really great. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and that includes sort of a personal choice where you could go in m- many different ways and, uh, you know, in those fail states you were talking about. So I think this one is more of a, End of Friendships is a really good name for a game. That's for sure. But in the end, it kind of comes down to this. This is more like a germ of an idea. And if somebody can come up with something more and flesh yeah. it out, this is almost like a little brainstorming.
1: Session. It's it's difficult to whether to whether or not to give this one a make it or break it just because it is like, well, what's the game? You yeah. know, uh, I feel like that you could do some interesting stuff where um, imagine submitting attack orders, like actually like writing them down, then passing them along to other players, like passing mm. notes to each other so that you feel like, someone is not privy to some information or you can say like, Oh no, no, don't worry. My attack order this turn, I'm going to leave you alone. And then sure enough, you write on your attack order, like, yeah, capture this territory from that player and you send it along. Um, And then some person like flips the turn, flips over the card at the start of the next turn. is like, Oh, you, you attacked me. What the heck? So, well, yeah. What if, what if you had something
0: with uh, multiple mm -hmm. people and there were the different turns, but different people were in charge of different things. Like one person was in charge of the attacks and one person mm-hmm. was in charge of, say, handing out the resources. So you did have to handle, like, if that's... I might just be reiterating exactly what you said. Whereas, like, is in charge of this, so I have to... I can tell, tell this to the third person that's not here. Uh, I'm going to be doing this, and then I'm passing it over to you. Now you have the information as well. So maybe two out of the three people have the same information. One doesn't, and then they're wondering who's lying they can maybe make a deal maybe they could offer you more resources to give up the truth yeah or you could call them a liar like anything that kind of brings together that sort of negotiation kind of like what makes mafia werewolf interesting
1: yeah i I feel a lot um a lot of information uh like selective passing of information like um allowing every player to take on every role within command of their own troops Mm -hmm. but like not even saying it aloud but like writing down an attack order and passing it to another player and saying, like, this is what I'm going to do next turn, and then writing down an actual attack order and then passing it to the other player saying, like, I'm actually attacking you or something like that. Right. Um, it would be interesting to try and find a way of streamlining that other than having to just, like, have tons of notepads or sticky notes that you're actually just, like, passing back and forth between each other. I mean, you
0: could do it with... So, um with smartphones and you could be sending DMs and that kind of thing.
1: But the, the only thing that I don't like about, uh, the, the reason that I feel like this game works best in the physical space is because of the, um, the freedom to send like whatever you want Mm -hmm. as information. Like you can be as honest or as dishonest as you want or as ambiguous or unambiguous as you want on that sheet of paper because you can write anything Mm you can even draw a symbol you can like you can draw a smiley face or something and the person's like okay so he gave me a smiley face is that a good thing or a bad thing right whereas like if you're dealing with a mobile app and you're sort of restricted to uh like picking from like i am (laughs) i am not going to attack you you're sort of like building it out of templates like yeah i guess you could also give players the ability to just freely draw on the screen and have that going back and forth but at that point like why not just play pencil and paper
0: yeah, yeah. It's uh it's an interesting time though. It's it's funny I talked to um somebody who uh, who's really into uh board games, big time into board yeah. games and I told him we did an episode on it and he said he's like, "No offense, but <laughs> you guys." <laughs> he didn't think we knew a lot about board games or had a big grasp on modern board games and it's You know, I meet these people that are so into them right now and they're just trying to draw people in. It seems like that space is really growing. And as much as it's very easy to do things on smartphones, I think people do miss uh, getting around a table and having the tangible stuff, but just doing it more of a streamlined way. And Mm -hmm. sure, it's a lot easier to have a digital monopoly banker hand you over all this money. But I mean, physically taking big stacks of money from your friend and, and letting it rain all over you and looking at your huge stack and their tiny stack, that feels pretty good.
1: Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I guess, um, how do you give this one a rating, right? It doesn't feel like a full idea at all. It just feels like a,
0: an idea. It's just a, a concept. A start.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, option three, neither make it nor break it, but make something out of it. Make of it what you will. Sure. Okay. Um, here I have the name, another one. The name is name amazing. is good. Like the name. Um, I have another idea here that is also kind of um loosely defined. Uh, this oh, one's great. called Enemies Inc. And the idea is you have a protagonist trying to get through a level, and you control each enemy and are trying to stop them. So, imagine a game of Mario where you control the Koopas, you control the Goombas, you control the Piranha Plants. When uh, the bullet bills, you tap on them to, like, make them shoot. Or the Piranha Plants to pop out and nip at the protagonist's heels. Mm -hmm. So, there's a predefined AI. You have access to edit the level and determine enemy placement. You might have limited resources of, like, where, uh, like, what kind of enemies you can place. But you have, like, relative freedom of, like, where you put them. Uh, But you just, you you might, and the game might only say, like, okay, you can place five Goombas. uh, Of the different pipes, you can put Piranha Plants in two of them, and you can put bullet bill shooters, uh, you know, wherever you want, but you can only place three of them, or something like that. Um, And then let's say, like, power-ups are sort of already in the level, and you have to take that into consideration and say, like, oh, okay, well, if there's a if there's a power-up here, then I probably want to place it enemy really close to it to make it difficult for the AI to collect the power-up. Uh, that, that I'm just improvising. I'm going mm-hmm. back to reading it now. Um, it's your job to make sure the level is unbeatable for the protagonist AI, uh, but then you get bonus points if you can beat it afterwards.
0: Well, that's a really fun concept. See, when you initially so, said this, I thought of it as more of like a two-player game two human players but then to have an ai kind of makes more sense because when you when you imagine when you first when i first thought of it as a as a as a human being on the other side of it i thought well that now you're sort of their skill is coming into factor that's a Mm. that's a huge variable that could which could still be fun too but it makes a lot of sense with the ai and then kind of sort of trick them that's fun it kind of puts you on the other end of things in the end I mean, it's, it's kind of like a tower defense but more yeah.
1: focused yeah I, I i really do sort of envision this as a mario style game mm. where you are placing stuff down a la mario maker except i don't remember when i wrote this design doc it might have been probably was before mario so maker is it was the announced. screen is
0: scrolling and moving or is it a static? i would think so uh-huh. i would
1: think so that's that's my idea is that you have like a big long level that you can see all of it and you have to do, that that's what makes it a very deliberate choice of like where are you actually placing the enemies. Like, do you want to make it really difficult towards the beginning when they probably don't have any power-ups, or maybe they have full health at the beginning of the level. So that's where you you do want to sort of um not concentrate too many enemies towards the beginning because they have the most health and they can deal with them the easiest. You want to like rely on them to take some damage from environmental hazards throughout, sort of wear them down and then finish them off at the end. Um that's why I feel like the angle of playing this as a um it does work either as a two-player game or as a like one player versus ai um the reason i think i had it written down as a one player versus ai is because effectively uh let's call them the game master here the person who's responsible for placing the villains they're always playing Mm. because they get to determine where they're putting the characters down and then they get to control the characters they have some marginal uh influence over the characters when the protagonist is running through the level um whereas if this was actually a two-player game you have large chunks of time where one player is not doing anything because they're waiting for the other person to make their decisions right um so it just it just doesn't work super well or
0: it could be it could be where i mean like mario maker let's pretend mario maker doesn't exist but Uh, you know, you design the level and then you could just send it to your friend and then it's a challenge and they could go at it a whole bunch of times in that iteration. Yeah. But as long as you could beat it, it basically, I mean, yeah, you must've done this before Mario maker.
1: Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where, uh, I feel like the one way you could sort of make it work is if one player has to, um, like the, the game master, has to design the level in real time like maybe they get yeah that's 15 seconds head start or a 30 seconds head start and then they immediately have to um like start coming up with uh, filling out the levels as quickly as possible they still have those limited resources they still have that limited uh that that influence over the enemies that are already in the level but then they have to decide like where are they going to drop new enemies into the space when are they going to activate powers or do that sort of thing that um helps the enemies to defeat the active player so there's definitely ways of making this work with uh another like two human players Mm -hmm. but i just feel like i i designed it very deliberately from the perspective of one player consistently playing against an ai
0: yeah i mean because then you're always guaranteed to have someone to play with uh yeah
1: and it's it's there but it's not a waiting game
0: yeah but it does kind of remind me of um i mean if you were doing yeah doing it real time could be really fun too and then because you're adding the element of time and yeah it's like playing chess with a a timer time pressure so yeah yeah that tension uh but it it reminds me of having i had hot shots golf on the vita and you could play basic almost like by mail where i could take a shot and then my Mm -hmm. friend could check his vita and be like oh Matt took a shot he does a shot and then i check it an hour later and we're playing one game over a course of a couple days so you know that works too being able to send something especially a mobile game Mm -hmm. if it is going to be a mobile game because it's something that you can play i love those ones where you can it's not, that's not time sensitive where mm-hmm. whenever you have your moment, whenever the, those people choose to go to the bathroom that day, they can get in a round or two of it. So I think it's a pretty interesting idea. It'd, it'd be, um, I like the idea of it being a bit more, more like almost turn-based where, cause then you can spend more time crafting the level.
1: Yeah. The only reason, like, again, you could make it in a way that's turn-based, but then you don't have that active engagement of the, uh, the game master controlling the enemies and triggering the traps at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I guess I, I wrote at the end that like, Oh, if you can beat it, then you get like extra points is what I wrote, but the, I don't know, some extra reward. Um, the only issue with that is then you're handing over control of the level you've just constructed to another AI. So now you've just taken the role away. Um, so the level might not necessarily be as hard to beat if you're only, uh, if, if all these enemies that you've just placed are now, they don't have the extra intelligence of a play, player uh, person actually sort of puppeteering them and instructing them. Mm. So I feel like you'd have to do something interesting where you write an AI for all the enemies that they follow on their own, and then you write an overall AI that is able to go in and quote unquote pay special attention to the enemies that the protagonist is actively squaring off against. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a possibility, but it, yeah, it might just work reasonably well as a turn based game, or it might work well as a play simultaneously people trading roles with each other. I definitely feel like this is the kind of game that would have worked really well in the Wii U with one person having the touchscreen where they can like drop stuff into the game world. Oh, yeah, and then the other people are playing with Wii Remote and like playing on the T V um Other than that, yeah, I, I guess it would sort of have uh it, I, I can't imagine this working super well on a touchscreen, like maybe for the level design aspect, sure, but i I still don't feel like touchscreens adequately capture like a platforming style game. So it's not to say that this has to be a platformer. I just it's one of the easiest types of genres to envision, especially because we have things like Mario Maker um I'd love to see if people could come up with other types of games like this where they are um sort of creating level designers uh level design UI systems uh that are friendly for players to use because mm-hmm. that's a huge challenge like u- user interface design is tricky at the best of times and when you need to create a user-friendly way of creating levels like so much of the fine tune and polish and stuff like you don't want players to be able to do impossible things. So you have to end up creating so many rules that have to be visibly represented in a level design space. I mean, it certainly wouldn't be easy. Well, that's what Mario maker works so well is because it was a, it's a grid format.
0: Yeah. It's very mathematical in that sense. But I, you know, I've often thought of when I'm playing certain games and you're dealing with a lot of enemies and you die a bunch of times. You're like, Oh, it's so unfair. They have such an advantage. And then I think, but what I really want to be in their shoes if would I want to be one of the enemy ranks dealing with the superpowered Mario, I'm sure I would feel that it was a lot more unfair in this way. So it's a really interesting way to look at it, and you can take elements. Tower defense sort of takes elements from that, I think, and uh, yeah. But this is coming at it from a different angle. Um, yeah, it sounds pretty fun. There's a couple different ways you could go with it. I think that there's
1: something pretty successful could come out of this germ of an idea. So is that a make it from you? Yes. Okay, yeah, I think this would get a make-it-for-me as well. Make it so. All right, and then I've got... we got time for one more, do you think? Yeah. All right, so this one is called Eyes on Eggs, and this is um, sort of inspired by the WarioWare game for the Wii U. Okay. Which was interesting to me because it didn't restrict the number of players based on the number of controllers that you had that you could have multiple people all participating in and playing a game, like any number of players, because the inputs are taken sort of one person at a time, and you are playing the game by observing it. And you'll see what I mean as I read this through. Mm. So any number of people can watch a game and participate. On screen, you see lots of little monsters participating in Pokemon-style battles, Uh, and you must try to observe as many things as possible about the game. The game will periodically pause and ask each participant a random question about a state of the game. So which type is most effective against X? How much damage does X do to X? How many monsters of X type are there? Um, how many are there in X zone of the screen? Uh, or even how many of X monsters have died? So there's a lot of different things you can ask the player um ask participants to try to keep track of in their mind so you m- you might have like this running tally of like okay I see 3 little blue guys on screen uh oh but there's one in the bottom screen over there so if they're asking me like in that zone there's a 3 over there there's one over there uh it looks like in this game green is beating blue um and you might see like little damage counters popping off of them as they're sort of f- fighting each other and the reason that, the reason they're called uh eggs is just because that's i had drawn a little doodle of these little like egg creatures that they're like popping out of eggs and sort of like bonking against each other as they fight um so points are tallied at the conclusion of the rounds not revealing if the guess was correct right or not right or wrong so you don't necessarily know like when the game asks you this question of like you know how many are there, and you give your answer it doesn't say whether you're right or wrong or how close you were. Um, the other thing is uh at certain points people can um, choose okay, I'll just read it off here uh the order players are asked questions in is randomized, but each player is asked the same number of questions, and players can pick different questions to answer them for different point values, so obviously you might have started to think like oh wow it sounds like insane to keep track of all these details at the same time yes it would be but you can imagine a situation where the game says like how many of x creatures have died Mm, that's reasonably easy to keep track of because if you had sort of kept a tally of how many there are when the game began and then you see like oh well there's two less of them right now so i guess two have died So, that question might be worth fewer points, Mm -hmm. but you might strictly not know the answer to a more difficult question like the uh, how much damage does X type deal against X? So, you have that choice. It's not like you're just completely put on the spot and asked a question that you just have to guess at because there's no value in that. You should call this Uh, game uh, Esports Commentator Academy. A perfect trading for Almost uh and then you also have the option to bet on a particular monster and that'll be worth some points because since the ai is just sort of having these guys waddle around and fight each other they may or may not make it throughout the entire game and uh you're awarded more points if you bet on something towards the beginning of the game versus towards the end because obviously the the longer it survives. Uh, the more of a risk you're taking on, like, oh, is it is it going to make it or not? Um, and then, yeah, you know, the other information isn't super pertinent here. Uh, just in terms of like dividing the board up into zones, there are some bridges that connect the zones, some tunnels that obscure your vision so that like creatures might go into the tunnels, and then you might have to keep track of like, oh, okay, hang on, there's one that's going between this zone and that zone. You have to remember that. Um, whereas the bridges are like an obvious visual representation of a creature moving from one side of screen to the other.
0: Hmm. Now, you know, at first one, I think I like the idea of, um, letting a lot of people play just with their visuals. Yeah. Um, but then how would you get them to input the different answers? Would they just pass the one so controller it- around or however many controls you have?
1: Probably. Or- yeah. You, you only need one controller or like, again, one game pad, something mm-hmm. like that. And it would just be, uh, at some point, you can imagine like this uh, simulation playing out. Mm -hmm. And at some point, it'll just sort of pause the gameplay and say, like, Hey, Player 3, here's a set of questions for you to answer. And then whoever is Player 3 steps forward and writes in their answer. And says, Okay, great. And then it runs the simulation again. Or I thought it might be a... uh,
0: Like, they stop 30 seconds in and Mm -hmm. then they go player one answer this question player two answer the same question player three answer the same question you just like pass 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 pass
1: it really depends like you could do it that way or you could make each that's why i was saying they're all asked randomized questions Mm. um but every person ends up answering the same number of questions and has the opportunity to earn up the same number of points and then i guess the only thing is at any point someone has to hit pause and then a player can say hang on i want to bet on that particular creature right now the so. the
0: betting on the monster fighting sounds like it could be a whole other a whole other game on its own.
1: Right. And it, it's it sounds very randomized when you first think hear about it, but what you're trying to ascertain is like because there's this type advantage mechanic going on, uh if you bet on a creature at the beginning of the game, yeah, it's worth a lot of points and it's total, totally random. But if you watch the game for just a little bit of time and you see a couple of these little battles, little skirmishes play out. You can start to see, oh wow, that um there's quite a powerful type advantage there. I should bet on at least a creature of that type and then you choose like which one. So if there's a creature that you can see like, oh, it looks like blue is good against yellow in this game. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to bet on a blue creature, but that guy's already been in a couple fights, so I'm going to bet on the one in the bottom corner of the screen who's just been off on his own.
0: Sure, yeah, or you could even bet on uh on blue as a team versus yellow as a team. I like the idea yeah. of people picking picking their little favorite and watch them kind of go at it in this big dynasty warrior style brawl it could be pretty fun that that would feel a bit more random the way that i suggested it but in terms of just a party game uh you know like yeah this is
1: definitely meant to be a party game
0: yeah just uh, like a way to get everybody involved and sort of cheering on and watching the same thing unfold and trying to be the best at watching something um yeah in terms of like uh like trying to like take a it's one of those things where you memorize an image and then they swap mm-hmm. it out and they say how many things have changed questions like oh which which type do you think is the most effective that to me seems i don't know maybe more interesting for a game developer who's like how are these things all gonna fit together for me i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know if i would find that as interesting as more of i th- i immediately thought of more like silly goofy things like who was the one drinking water and then maybe, you know, and that zooms in and it shows you, it was this one, almost like a Where's mm-hmm. Waldo, like there's just one in the corner drinking a soda or something. Um, which one had, you know, like polka dot pants. I was thinking mm-hmm. it was more for like a purely visual aesthetic as opposed to, hey, notice the game mechanic.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I feel like there are certain things like the rock, paper, scissors nature of Pokemon, which is reasonably easy yeah. to visualize that you can actually see it happening. And it's easy enough to pick up on that the game can start asking you questions about that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like this game works either in the context of, like, you know, playing it on a large screen with a bunch of people watching it. Um, It certainly doesn't work super well with one person holding a little phone screen and everyone's sort of crowded around it. No. But it could work if everyone's sort of logging into the same session... And then everyone's watching the same simulation play out on their own phone, except for the fact that the way I've described things, there's usually a lot happening and a lot of detail might be hard to pick out on a small screen. But, you know, the other hand, phones phones are getting huge these days anyway. So True, but it does seem like a um,
0: everybody crowd around deal and people rarely crowd around phones unless yeah. well unless you're going to show some no
1: not that you, you'd never want to crowd around a single phone i just feel like the the information density that you could put on a phone yeah you'd have to tailor it like to the physical size of the device because you don't want people like holding the phone super close to their face trying to like pick out every detail just, you
0: know a quick uh, quick sidebar weren't just this got me thinking about like the shared mm. online session i was playing yeah. the newest Hard shots golf on the ps4 and i was so excited for this love Hard shots golf and except they changed the name to everybody's golf the japanese name and i was playing online with my friend and they don't synchronize what you're seeing yeah they don't have to uh well we were playing and talking at the same time online Mm -hmm. and uh i thought for such a simple game so the 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 problem with that is that when one of us makes or breaks like a really big moment or shot yeah whoever sees it first goes oh goes. what happened did you miss it did you not and Mm -hmm. it's i feel like they really kill the you're not sharing the enjoyment with someone else in that way
1: yeah i feel like they are streamlining their network code to make it very robust but not necessarily keeping things into account like that Mm. i can't really comment without seeing it for myself but i feel like anytime people are sort of trading that fact that it's like yeah, you're playing concurrently, but because this is golf and it's turn turn based and you only have to play one person at a time, we don't really have to show you this information simultaneously. It totally so. kills
0: my motivation to play it.
1: <laughs> well then they really should have refactored their priorities.
0: Which is funny because I, I mentioned the Vita version of it earlier and that was totally yeah. the opposite way and I really like that.
1: But uh yeah. yeah, this um
0: it's sort of like a where's Waldo Pokemon type,
1: everybody, yeah. watch. Um <laughs> there's your high concept it's where's waldo meets pokemon what yeah or or kind of like uh the
0: dvd game seen it where people they show you a scene from something yeah right and then they have to guess what it's wrong yeah everybody guesses as to what it was i like the idea of being the best watcher mm-hmm. uh and it's you just have to come up with interesting things to watch yeah. so and then in this way you're trying to keep um you're you're giving the person probably more information than
1: they could keep at once so they're almost make a decision mm-hmm. on where to prioritize that brain balance. exactly so. and that's why you have the different questions that you're asked like with different point values associated with each like if you're mm-hmm. really able to mastermind this and keep track of a whole bunch of information then you're able to answer the more difficult questions uh and then you're more likely to get the most points at the end of the round
0: yeah I like I like kind of like the idea of everyone having to answer the same question to avoid the randomness feature, like, like in something like Mario Party, where it feels like mm-hmm. everything is so random, it's not really a skill game, it's just, just give it a shot, and who knows right. what's going to happen at the end. I
1: yeah, like, I, giving, I you- hit, hitting everyone with the same uh, set of questions definitely works, in that everyone is hit with, like, the same three questions all at once, and then you have to go through, like, one, two, three, four, five, you all answer um, that definitely works. Just because, as you said, the nature of the questions you're asked throughout the game—how h- do you really guarantee that they're the same level of difficulty? It's easiest if just everyone's presented with the same questions. So that's that's probably a good refinement. Who knows? Uh, I would say, yeah, give it a shot. <laughs> is this is a make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd
0: say it's worth it as well. I would. I was really intrigued when Sony announced that's you. I thought, finally a game we can play on our smartphones on my PS4 and I can get everybody around and play it, but it just didn't work. Great idea. Mm. But, uh, just didn't, it kills people's battery quite a lot. So I think games like this, or if you do go the route of using different phones, Mm -hmm. not necessarily saying this one is, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, that's definitely something to think of is a UI that is very, very simple because you want it to run on every phone and you want to include those iPhone four users and uh and and, and it's not going to kill a battery yeah so. speaking of battery my the phone that I'm recording this on is dying so sounds like we're at oh. the end yeah well if you want to see if you want to see some games that Atila has made you can always go to com or follow him on twitter at Green Pro. his new game is out real-time strategy tower defense orbit
1: how about you do mine now <laughs> okay uh you- all right bye bye 90s kid YouTube channel, um, uh, game thing talk, and your that's your Twitter profile, game Game thing Thing talk. Talk. Okay, good, good. So I got it. There you go. (laughs) All right, everybody. See you later.